Good morning. Welcome to Grace Tabernacle. Happy New Year. Good to see you all here. We're expecting great things in this upcoming year. Let's stand and worship.
the year. So happy last day of the year. Or 12-31-23 or 1-2-3-1-2-3. Very significant day. One of the things that happened on this day 17 years ago, Jenny and Brian got married. They were supposed to be away this weekend, but there's all different kind of things that happened. Um, Dwayne's mom died, keep them in prayer. And uh, a couple people got sick, so happy anniversary, Jenny and Brian. The first marriage in this sanctuary. Praise the Lord. So we are grateful that everyone's here today because we do say Happy New Year. We're getting, we want to look forward. I mean, I guess there's a reason we have eyes in the front and not in the back. And we walk front ways, except when we choose to walk awkwardly backward. So we go forward. And I want to read you a scripture that the Lord just really put on my heart this week, which you're familiar with. But just cling on to it today. Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? We, the Lord gives us checkpoints. Every day we get a new day. Then we get a new week, then we get a new month, and wow, now we've got a new year in front of us. And a lot of us, we can just be thankful we made it through this year. <laughs> Praise God, so glad you're here this morning. We especially wanna welcome those that are here with us for the first time on a Sunday. Would you just raise your hands if this is your first time on Sunday? Wonderful, welcome, welcome. I got to meet several of you, but there's a couple I see I haven't met yet, and the rest of us wanna meet everyone. Praise the Lord. We, we want to make sure that you know that we have a special gift for you if you haven't gotten it already. There's a, um, a visitor table next to the bookstore. Please make sure you get that gift before you leave. And know that this is the family of God. No matter where you come from, if you're just visiting family, if you're looking for a church, this is the family, part of the family of God. We're glad that you came today to be a part of our family because we love Jesus. We look to Jesus. It's all about him and what he did for us. That's why we're all here. There's nothing we did to earn it, nothing we can ever do to earn it, just the grace of God. So while you're here today, we do have communion on either side that we make available during our praise and worship time. You can go up there individually as a family and have communion, you know, just uh, uh, when you go to have communion, just everyone should know that you, that is to remember what the Lord did to, for us, his death, and we also remember his resurrection in there. So only if you've received the Jesus as your Lord do you want to participate in communion. So we're grateful for that. Now, New Year's this week starts a lot of things back up again. Karis classes start, including the one on Wednesday. Women's Bible study starts on Thursday. So know that uh, it's all getting started again, out of, out of vacation and holiday mode and back into regular, regular teaching mode. Praise the Lord. Um, also, I want to, before we go any further, before we receive our offering and we start back into praise and worship with our offering and then uh, we will do some more songs.
I want to tell you about our pastor, uh, visiting pastor today, <clears throat> and his wife, Rick and Rebecca Porterfield. We are so grateful that you took New Year's Eve day to come to be here with us, to share with us today. Thank you for being here. Rick and Rebecca Porterfield have nearly 30 years of ministry experience. Rick is a graduate of Karis Bible College. For seven years, they've served as regional advocates for Andrew Womack's Ministerial Association, the ARMI, where they provide support and encouragement to other ministers. They teach on a variety of topics, including healing, identity, understanding God's nature, the balance of grace and faith, peace, provision, and more, and have seen many lives changed and healed. Praise God. Since 1994, a significant part of their ministry has been focused on marriage and family. Through their Marriage by the Book ministry, same name as their book, they have traveled the U.S. into countries like France, the Czech Republic, Peru, and Uganda, teaching at ministers' conferences as well as marriage, singles, women's, and men's. I think that covers everybody. They equip individuals, families, and ministers with scriptural principles to guide them through the challenges of life. Has anyone had any challenges this year? Can I get a witness? We all do. That's called life. But we serve a risen Savior that has victory written in our DNA because of his DNA in us. Praise the Lord. So we're going to take this time now to bring our tithes. We return our tithes to the Lord and give offering. So we want to uh, just let you know there's envelopes in front of you. If you want to give in the sanctuary, you can see there's different ways up there to give. And the most important part is that we give from the heart. God looks on our heart. Doesn't look in our checkbook. If we look in our checkbook and we see a lot of giving, we know we're probably in the right place. But God looks on our heart. And that's what we want to bring to him today. So let's just lift our tithes and offering to the Lord right now as we just pray over them. Father, we thank you that we come before you as, as open as we can. Even when we don't think we're open, we know you look right to our heart. Look upon our heart, Lord. Anything in there that needs to change, do a work in us, Lord. Reveal those things that need to change in us because we know we're all works in progress. We keep our eyes on Jesus. He's our example. We thank you, Lord, that we can bring these things unto you. We lay them at your feet and say, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom be built in this house. And Lord, we pray that others will come to know Jesus. They will be set free and filled with the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we carry the Holy Spirit with us, that we can take that good news to other people. And we thank you, Lord, for a new year. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you that in us you don't see discouragement, defeat. You don't see something that's unfixable. You see your sons and your daughters, and you see us with your love, and we thank you for it, Lord because we come to you as your sons and your daughters and say, thank you, Abba. Thank you, Father, for all that you've given us. And Lord, for the promise and the purpose that is in each and every one that breathes this day, 
to glorify you forever and ever in Jesus name amen so let's stand to our feet greet one another and then let's sing unto the Lord
I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down he's faithful through generations so why would he fail now he won't he won't i still got joy in chaos i've got that makes no sense so I won't be going under I'm not held by my own strength cause I built my life on Jesus he's never let me down he's faithful in every season so I would now he won't he won't he won't he won't fail he won't is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus cause he's never let me down he's faithful through change so why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. He won't fail. He won't Yeah. 
seat. Thank you very much for being here this morning. God is good. Amen. You know, I was thinking as we were worshiping there, uh, sometimes I like to read research. That may be a little bit odd or whatever, but I like to read research, and I especially like it when research agrees with the Word of God. And I was reading this research, this is a few years ago now, but some Ivy League brain doctor 
uh, he had made his career out of studying the brain, and he had read thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of MRIs and brain scans and done them himself and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not sure how he did this, but somehow he came to the conclusion that human beings are born to believe and that unbelief is learned behavior. That's interesting, isn't it? You were created to believe. Think how Jesus said that we should have childlike faith. He knew what he was talking about. So I encourage you this morning, believe. Jesus told Jairus, Jairus' daughter was at the point of death and then died. And when Jesus heard the word, that, you know, the word came to Jairus, rather, don't bother the master anymore, your, your daughter's dead. Jesus' reaction was, fear not, only believe. So I'm just wanna encourage you this morning, only believe. Amen. Only believe. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm glad to be here with you. As you've already heard, my name is Rick Porterfield. My lovely wife, Rebecca, and she is lovely, is here with me this morning. I'm glad she's here. I was asked to remind you of another announcement for tonight. There's prayer tonight at 10 o'clock. Is that correct? Here, it'll be here in the sanctuary. Is that right? So prayer here in the sanctuary at 10 to pray in the new year. Uh, that's a great way to bring in the new year. So if you can, if you can make it, I encourage you to come on out. Um, I want to minister this morning. Uh, well, Happy New Year. Let me say that. It's not quite the new year, but Happy New Year. And I want to minister this morning on a resolution you'll want to keep. A lot of times we make New Year's. Have you ever made a New Year's resolution? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking there's more people than that. Anyway, but... <laughs> If you're like me, you've made New Year's resolutions and not kept them. I believe this will be one you'll want to keep, though. But before we jump into the Word, let's pray. Amen. Father, we just thank you this morning for your Word. Lord, we're here to be changed by your Word. I'm not here to fill a block just to say I've been to church today. I'm not here for that, Lord God. I'm here because I want your Word to change my life. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name you would touch the hearts of each and every one of us here with your word and change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> A favorite scripture uh, of mine this time of year, and one I always think of, is Psalm 6511. And there it is. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. Amen. That's good. I like that. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. You know, God has a path for you. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. And I'll kind of reiterate this a few times as we go along, but you know, Romans eleven twenty nine says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Depends on what translation you read. So what I want to tell you is wherever you are in life, whatever's going on, the deal is still on. God hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't changed his call on your life. He hasn't changed his gift that he, gifts that he's given to you. And you have gifts. You have a calling. Sometimes we think, me, I have a calling. Yeah, just the guy up there has a calling. That's not true. Man, the devil would love for us to believe that the only people who got a call or a gift is somebody standing here. And that's just not true. You have gifts and callings. You do. And they're irrevocable. God does not take them back. Moses didn't even get into his until he was 80. Amen? So, the deal is still on. But God has a plan for you that drips with abundance. 
Man, I want to get into that plan. You know, we got, it's a little bit of a cold snap going on here now. We're from South Carolina, and the, we, we left South Carolina and got here and get out of the car, and the weather's about the same. We're thinking, you know, it doesn't get that cold in South Carolina, but it typically gets colder than here. So we get out of the car, and it's about the same. And I remember we heard, you know, on the news a couple of years ago, there was a cold snap in Florida, and iguanas were falling out of trees. And I know we got here, and Rebecca asked somebody, do y'all have iguanas around here? <laughs> she was concerned. You know, so anyway, God's past drip with abundance. It's not like an iguana falling on you. It's something good. Amen? Something good. His past drip with abundance. So, you know, we think, well, what is good to God? Well, what's good to you? God's definition of good and your definition of good are, are the same. God's not going to do something bad to you. and He's not going to drip something bad on you and call it good. That's a whole other message there. I could get off track on that one, but God is good. Yeah, I've heard Kenneth Copeland say and other people as well, you could really just draw a line in the sand and if anything's bad, put it on that side, that's the devil. If something's good, put it on this side, that's God. Every good and perfect gift is from God. It's from above, from the Father of lights, James chapter one tells us, amen? So we just need to realize, man, God is good and I wanna get on his path. God has a plan for you as you move into 2024, a good plan, a path where good things will, will drip on you, amen? Pleasant things, that's awesome, that's good news. And uh, not iguanas, good things. So I wanna talk a little bit here this morning about something I believe will um, provide some big time help to getting you into God's plan. And I want to encourage you, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir, you know, and all this kind of stuff, but we need to apply ourselves to the word and apply the word to us. Amen? But when you hear the word, we ought to think, okay, how can I apply this to my life? Because it's the doers of the word that are blessed in what they do. Amen. So we want to be doers. How many of you want to, you're blessed. Jesus has provided blessing for you. Ephesians 1, 3 says every blessing heaven has to offer is yours already. Okay. That's my paraphrase of that. Every blessing heaven has to offer is yours already. But you know, we can, it is possible for us to not walk in the blessing that belongs to us if we won't walk in the word. It is possible for us not to walk in the blessing that belongs to us if we won't walk in the Word. So it's really, it's just wisdom for us to walk in the Word. I just want to exhort you and encourage you. Man, walk in the Word. Apply, apply yourself to the Word and apply the Word to you. So again, I want to talk about something I believe will help you big time in getting into the path God has for you and to having this abundance drip on you and having good things come into your life. So let's go to Psalm 133. And we're going to read the whole thing. But it's okay, it's just three verses. We'll manage. <clears throat> Everybody okay? Psalm 133, we're going to look at verse 1. Now, I'm going to drill down a little bit in this. I'm going to teach on this some here. And we're going to drill down a little bit, but it's okay because we're going to strike oil. Is that all right? So look at this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's really what I want to focus in on is unity. How good and, and this, this scripture, this series of scripture here really compounds the blessing that's in unity. It starts off here, it kicks off pretty good. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell uh, together in unity. So unity is good and pleasant. That's better than bad and repulsive. 
Amen. That's better than bad and repulsive. You know, what are some synonyms for unity? Harmony. Agreement. One accord. That's like agreement and one accord. Those sounds like Bible. Those sounds like I'm assassinating the English language. I'm sorry. Those sound like biblical words, don't they? You ever heard one accord and agreement in the Bible? Amen. We'll see more of this as we go. So unity. Now, one thing I want to point out, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. If you read, you know, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So if you read this in Hebrew, that word brethren there, it, uh, uh, good translation would also be kindred. So somebody you're related to. It's good to dwell with them. So think of somebody, like I'm married. Okay, let's just, I'm, apply, I'm applying myself to the word now and applying the word to me. So I'm married. So who is somebody I'm related to that I live with? Can you raise your hand? Right there. So it's good and pleasant to dwell with Rebecca in unity. Amen. And again, a lot of times I find myself when I get into trouble is I'm wanting my way. You know, self-centeredness is a dividing force. It's a dividing force. It's never going to lead to unity. So if I choose self-centeredness over unity, I'm choosing not to experience good and pleasant. Everybody okay? Are you blessed yet? Amen. Amen. Good. So let's move on. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like it being unity. Unity is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. You know, Aaron was Moses' brother. He was the old covenant. He was the first high priest. All the high priests in the old covenant were of the Aaronic line. They descended from Aaron. So what this is saying here, if you think about this, what it's saying is that where there's unity, the anointing of Aaron shows up. Now think about this. Y'all reason with me here. Think, well, we believe the word. We're created to believe, right? So we're suspending unbelief. That's not who we are. We had to learn how to not believe. You're made to believe. So we're believing. Like Jesus told Jairus, fear not, only believe. So that's awesome. The anointing of Aaron, the high priest, shows up. It's, notice this phrase here. If you could put the scripture back up. Just keep it up there. <coughs> it's like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. Notice this phrase there at the beginning of verse 2. It is like the precious oil, okay? And I mentioned this earlier. Uh, the Old Testament, was this was originally written in Hebrew. So if you look at this in Hebrew, that phrase, like the precious oil, reads Shemon Tov Shemon. Shemon Tov Shemon. Shemon meaning anointing. Tov meaning good or awesome or wonderful or something like that. So what it says is, it says anointing, awesome anointing. It doesn't say it's like it. It says it is it. Are y'all tracking with what I'm saying here? So where there's unity, it's, to me when I read it in the Hebrew, it doesn't say it's like the anointing. It says it is the anointing. The anointing of the high priest shows up. Now, I mentioned Aaron was the old covenant high priest. But, you know, well, before I go there, put it back up, please. Notice it says, it's, it's, it is the anointing, okay, upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. Notice it goes to everything. 
It starts at the head, this anointing, and runs down to the beard. The beard would symbolize things like authority and those kind of things. And it runs to his garments. So garments are significant, like the high priest would wear certain garments that symbolize who he is and his, his life. And it would run to the very edge of his garments. It runs, basically what I'm saying here is it runs to all parts of your life. Where there's unity, the anointing of the high priest goes to all parts of your life. That's good. Is that good? Are y'all with me here? Okay. Now, when the anointing runs to all parts of your life, you don't just get oily. Something else happens. In Isaiah 10, 27, it says the anointing removes burdens and breaks yokes. And it's not talking like about it like an egg yoke. It's talking about like a yoke of oxen, the yoke that binds the oxen. It breaks those kind of yokes. Amen. So that's, again, that's uh, uh, Isaiah 10, 27. The anointing removes burdens and breaks up yokes. So if there's any burdens or yokes in your life, you need going to bring an anointing into your life that will begin to remove those things. That's good news. Okay. Now here's the thing I really want to get to. Or, well, one of the things, lots of things I really want to get to. This is an old covenant promise. Right? Old covenant promise. We have a new and better covenant based on better promises that speak of better things. Hebrews tells us that, right? We have a new and better covenant based on better promises that speaks of better things. Who is our high priest in the new covenant? Jesus. Jesus, yes. So, what I want to tell you, this is an old covenant promise. Anointing of Aaron, awesome. But when you and I dwell together in unity... And it does, it's not just about husbands and wives. This is about the family of God, unity here as well. When we come together, when we dwell together in unity, we can expect the anointing of Jesus Christ himself to show up in our situation and remove burns and break yokes. And I'm going to tell you, that'll handle whatever you've got. That'll handle whatever you've got. Amen? Amen. Let's go to verse 3. See, I told you we'd strike oil here. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. The dew of Hermon. You ever been in a dry place? Man, I'm just in a dry place. Well, unity is like the dew of Hermon. Dew, moisture. Maybe if we're in a dry place, we could use a little unity. Amen? So it's like the dew of Hermon descending on the mountains of Zion. For there, where, where there's unity, the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. That's awesome. I mean, he just piles it on in these three verses. And it all hinges, it hinges on unity. Amen? That's where God commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Remember in the Garden of Eden, when, when the Father, when God breathed life into Adam? Same word for life is here. That's the same word for life is here. Man, do you want God just breathing life into your situation? I, I do. I need that. Amen? I need that. Well, I'm going to tell you, think, think of how important unity is. Just think here, unity is good. And that's an understatement. 
I can say in tons how good a unity is, but it's tough to say in English because it's just that good. It's that important. Amen? It's valuable. Do y'all see, I hope you see, from what we're talking about, the value of unity to us? Is it any wonder that the world is so orchestrated to bring division and disunity? Yeah, we live in a world that just seems, there's like this, in the world, if you, you get out there and you get going about your daily life, it's like there's centrifugal force that begins trying to just to pull you apart. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You get caught like this whirlwind almost. It starts to pull you apart. News, politics, man, you know, everybody's a victim and somebody else's fault. It's like all this stuff is just pulling us apart. You know, pointing the fingers at each other. Amen. How about this? Think about, again, about um, just how society and the world is now. Here's a common phrase. I'm sure you've heard this. Well, we're just going to agree to disagree. What is that? That's disagreement. Agreeing to disagree. If I tell Rebecca, well, we're just going to agree to disagree on this. What I've said, I may not know it, but what I've said is I'm going to forego good and pleasant. I'm going to forego the anointing. I'm going to forego life being breathed into my situation. Agreement's much more important. Why would I agree to disagree with Rebecca? Because I want my way. And she wants hers, and we're just not going to get on the same page. I'm going to value that above what the Word shows us? Man. I'm, I'm going to say this very nicely. That's just not smart. <laughs> smart is we're going to get on the same page. We're going to get into agreement. And that doesn't mean I have to lay aside the word and get into ungodliness to get into agreement. We're going to get together on the word. Amen. Amen. Y'all good? Amen. Yeah, when we agree to disagree, we're just agreeing on division, disunity. That's not good. Amen. <clears throat> but yeah, thank you. Yeah, the, the world is just orchestrated to bring disunity. 1 John 5.19 says... We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So if, if the whole world's under the sway of the wicked one, the devil, then of course it's orchestrated. He doesn't want you in unity. My God, he's scared to death of a church that gets together in unity, of a husband and wife to get together in unity. He can't do anything with that. But if he can get us fighting with each other and divided, he can work with that. That's exactly right. Yeah, he can work with that. But I don't want to give him something to work with. I don't, I don't want to give any foothold to the devil. Amen. Amen. So, you know, one of the, a, a popular military tactic is divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. We keep our forces together in unity. We get them divided into smaller groups and we take them out one at a time. Now, if, if we know that, if our mil I'm former military, by the way. Anybody out there military? Awesome, awesome. Thank God. Anyway, so my wife's former military as well. But if we know that, that divide and conquer works, do you think that we, our enemy, the devil, knows that? Sure he does. He wants us in disunity. He wants to bring division so he can divide and conquer. So, but we don't have to let him do it. 
we can choose unity, amen? Amen. Yeah, we have time to do this. I was debating whether I'd have time to do an illustration. So I'm gonna do, but I need volunteers. I need actually five volunteers to do this illustration. So I'm going to volunteer my wife, Rebecca. She'll appreciate that. And Brenda, can I volunteer you? And Paula, can I volunteer you? And uh, Elder Joe, can I volunteer you? Can you help me? Come up here, please. I need one more. This will be a true volunteer. Who else wants to volunteer for me? Come on. Come on down. All right. So I'm going I'm to pick on you. You're going to be, you're going to stand right here in the middle. Stand here in the middle just and face the congregation. Face the congregation. So I want to put one. Rebecca, you can stand behind them. Okay. And Paul, if you'd stand here on this side. And Brenda, if you'd come over here on this side and stand. Okay. And you, ma'am, what's your name? Carol. Come here and you stand in front of him. You can face him. Okay. So here's what happens. And this happens in families. This happens in churches. This happens in businesses. Okay. You've got all these people who are part of the family or part of the business or part of the church. And they've all got their own way. I want to do it my way. So now, Elder, it's Joe, is that correct? Yeah, yeah Elder Joe. Let's just sit now. Don't, he, we're going to he's a 500 pound stone. Okay? Now, he's a 500 pound stone. So, what I want you to see is if these four people, if they kind of, now don't actually do it, just we're just going to pretend, but like you're going to pull on him, okay? If they're all pulling their own direction, where's the stone going? It's not going anywhere. This is exactly what happens in families, in churches, not not here, I'm not saying here, but it's kind of, and in businesses. Amen. This is what happens. But if we can get an agreement, Mm. so let's everybody line up over here. Paula, Rebecca, Brenda, everybody's going to come here. You can face him. That's fine. You can face him. So now if we're going to grab him by the shoulders and we're all going to pull together. And what happens to the 500-pound stone? It begins to move. Amen. Y'all can sit down. Thank you. Give him a hand. But that's exactly the kind of thing. You know, what does Satan want us to do? He wants us all pull in different directions. And, you know, when you get in agreement, you have to keep it. Because what he's going to do then is he's going to come and say, you're the only one really pulling here. You ought to get over there and do your own thing. They're all taking advantage of you. You're, they're using you to move the stone. Whenever, I'm talking about when everybody's pulling together. He's going to start then. You have to keep agreement. You have to recognize that. Satan comes to bring division. Amen? I just think about this. How many wonderful bands have broken up over creative differences? That's just self-centeredness. And they were better together than they were apart. Amen? Some of y'all have, man, I wish that band was still together. Yeah. Yeah, the the creative differences, self-centeredness broke them up. Everybody wanting their own way. Um, I want to touch on a couple of other related scriptures here. Uh, In the New Testament, this was Old Covenant, Old Testament, um, Psalms. I'm going to mention one, and then we'll turn to the other one. Again, we're talking about unity, and I gave some synonyms for that. Would be you know one accord, or um, agreement, or harmony. Okay. 
Acts 2.1. If you got your Bible, you can turn there. I didn't give them the scripture. I wanted to be able to move things along a little bit. But Acts 2.1, this is the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Okay, now it's interesting what it says. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Okay, one, they were together in one accord. That word, that phrase, one accord, it means to move together in unity. Isn't that interesting? The phrase one accord means to move together in unity. So they were, they were together doing something in unity, moving together in unity, and the Holy Spirit comes. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think unity facilitates moves of God. Amen. How valuable is unity? It is awesome. I can choose my way or I can choose unity. My way typically doesn't work. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get into sharing my testimony, but, you know, doing things my way. At one point in my life, I was an atheist. I was an alcoholic. I was foul-mouthed, and I was an insomniac. I couldn't sleep. I mean, I would I literally lay awake all night sometimes, never slept a wink, you know. And uh, that was all the fruit of my way. And it was working wonderful. No. It was not working at all. But now you can ask Rebecca. I lay down at night, and she thinks I'm joking because I'll start snoring like within seconds. I'm out, just gone. You know, I'm asleep. And God is just awesome. Life-changing. Amen? But I don't think it's a coincidence that the Holy Spirit fell that day. They were together in one accord in one place. Unity facilitates moves of God. And I'll tell you, I could use a move of God just ongoing. How about you? Why not? Might as well just stay in unity. Stay in good and pleasant. Stay where that anointing is removing burdens and breaking yokes. Stay where God's just breathing life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let's go to Matthew 18, 19. I love this. Matthew 18, 19. Look at this. Jesus is talking here. He says, again, I say to you. So this isn't the first time he told him this. Right? Because he says, again I, I t again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. A key word in this verse is that word, if. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything. You know what he's saying here is it's not a sure thing that two people are going to be able to agree. Agreement doesn't just happen. It doesn't just hit you in the head one day and I'm in agreement. We need to purpose to get into agreement. Businesses that are successful purpose to get on the same page and all pull behind the same vision and everybody get going the same direction. Churches purpose to get into unity and get everybody pulling the same direction. You know, if you see a successful family, a successful business, a successful church, you're, a lot of times we think, well, they're just lucky. Or they're just, they just, they hit it just right. 
It's just happenstance. Nah. You're looking at the product of effort. If you're looking at a successful marriage, again, we think, well, it's just happenstance. They're just lucky in love. This married the right person or whatever. We think that kind of thing. No, you're looking at the product of effort. And the awesome thing is, we can all make an effort. We can all make an effort. There's hope for me. There's hope for you. There's hope for your business. There's hope for your situation, your family. This is what works. You know, any true and lasting success that you see in the world is based in some way or another, it's, you'll find biblical principles in it. That is true. There's a management consultant I love, uh, a guy named Ken Blanchard. Ken, anybody ever heard of Ken Blanchard? You may not have heard of him. Okay, some of you heard of him. Ken Blanchard's a Christian. He's 80 years old. And back in the 60s, he came up with a, uh, a management training curriculum called Situational Leadership. And what it is, is it's about applying basic leadership principles to situations. Situations can vary, but the basic leadership principles won't vary. The basic leadership principles he teaches are biblical. Now, still today, since the 1960s, it is one of the top leadership training curriculums in the world. Now, okay, think of some, you've heard of some of these books out there in search of excellence, uh, the seven habits. I'm not against any of those. There's the Six Sigma way, whatever. These different leadership. The average life cycle, their lifespan of something like that's about five years. So why are those five years? But Ken Blanchard, 60 years later, his stuff is still around and in the top curriculums in the world for teaching leadership because it works. And the reason it works, it works for the long term. And the reason it works for the long term is because it's based on biblical principles. If, you're gonna, if you see true success long term, something biblical is going on. Whether it's in a marriage or a family or a business or whatever. Amen? Everybody okay? So we might as well get on board with the Bible and start doing things God's way. The last song we said, I probably won't get the lyrics right, but that last song was saying, basically, not my way, but yours. Amen? Amen. That's what we need to do. Just get on board with the word. But again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, that's scary almost. Wow, anything that, now I need to ask in accordance with God's will. Amen. Anyway, I don't even want to get into that too much today. Anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If, now, again, if two of you, man, Rebecca, I know her better than anybody else. She knows me better than anybody else other than God. I mean, God knows me better than she does, but I know her better than anyone else on the earth. I have the most odds, chance of success of getting in agreement with her than anybody. How awesome is it to have somebody like that in my life I can get in agreement with? If I can just get over myself and not just want my way and get on board with you know, what God's wanting us to do and we get into agreement, the power we wield. That's worth more than me wanting my way. Amen. And thank God, Jesus didn't say, if three of you can agree. (laughs) Thank God, if 50 of you can agree. Amen. So unity doesn't just happen. We have to purpose to have unity. Let's look at Ephesians 4.3. 
endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The thing I want to point out is even once you have unity, you need to keep it. You need to keep it. Amen? We want to keep it. Man, unity is so valuable. Once you get in it, you want to keep it. Amen? And you can get into to unity as a family, as a couple. You can get into unity as a, um, a team, a leadership team. You can get into unity as a church. It's possible. Absolutely. Yes. You can get into unity whatever situation you're in. You can get into unity. And it is a, for lack of a better word, it's a game changer. It's good. It's pleasant. It brings that anointing of our high priest into the situation. And it's where God commands the blessing, life forevermore. Amen. 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 <clears throat> So once you have unity, it doesn't just stay, like we just saw there in Ephesians 4.3. You have to endeavor to keep it. You have to purpose to keep it. Or you could say you have to make a resolution to keep it. I snuck that one in on you, didn't I? <laughs> New Year's resolutions. We've got to resolve to keep it. Now, I, want to do, I do want to say one thing. I want to bring balance to it. I'm not saying that one person... And their faith can't do great things. I'm not saying that. Okay? And I want to show you a scripture, 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God. Anybody born of God in here? If you're born again, if you put your faith in Jesus, you're born of God. So, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, your faith. So, you can do great things. So clearly from what this says right here, this scripture, one person using their faith can overcome. Amen. Amen. Everybody good? Yes. I'm going to take a drink. Did y'all see that waterfall in the pulpit? I'll get that up real quick. So one person using their faith can do great things. But what I also am saying here is that there's clear power. There's a magnification in unity and agreement and one accord based on these other scriptures we've seen, Psalm 133, etc. Amen? And this is true even in the natural. Um, two together can do more than two apart. Amen? And I want to give you an example of this. I grew up on a small farm in West Virginia. Anybody here from West Virginia? Uh, I see some hands. These people are true and tr truly blessed, yeah. So I'm, I'm on, you are, the rest of you are as well. But draft horses, you ever heard of a draft horse, like say Clydesdale? You know, like one draft horse, those are incredibly powerful animals. One draft horse can pull 8,000 pounds, that's four tons. That's four tons. That's awesome. So, how much can two draft horses pull? You'd think 16,000 pounds. Two times eight, or eight tons. That's not true. Two together, untrained, can pull 24,000 pounds. That's 12 tons. Now, if you take those two draft horses and they train together, they get to know each other, they get their stride in agreement, they get in, you, they get in agreement, 
They work together. They train. They can pull 32,000 pounds. So even in the natural, there's power and agreement. So maybe you can do great things. Maybe you're thinking, man, you know, I've got it. I'm good. Everything's good with me. I don't need to worry about that agreement stuff. Well, you know, maybe there's more for you to do. Maybe there's a, a heavier weight to lift, a heavier burden to pull. And agreement will help you move that thing a lot, fa- a lot faster. So, you know, why do you need to be able to pull more, you know? And like I just said, the answer is because there's a job for you to do. You know, if, you, if you're breathing, I think everybody in here is breathing. If you're breathing, God's not done. God's not done, right? If you're breathing, God's not done. There's a job for you to do. There's a purpose for your life. Man, this is important for us to know. God's got a purpose for your life. Let's go to Ephesians 2. It's up there. We'll be right here. Ephesians 2. This is from the Amplified Classic Bible, okay? It says, for we, let's make it personal. For you are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Okay, Leonardo da Vinci never created anything like you the greatest artist in the world, you are of much more value than anything ever. You're God's own handiwork. For you are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Look at the progression here. Put back into relationship with God. You're right with God. If you're born again, you're right. And all it takes to be born again is to be right with God. Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's it. People want to complicate this. Well, you've got to get born again. You've got to do this and this and this and this and this. And by the time they get done listening this and this and this and this and this, I'm not sure I want to be born again. But all it takes is, I'm joking, all it takes is faith in Jesus. That's it. Okay? So, relationship. That we, why? Why are we put back in a relationship with God? Remember, if this is interesting to me, in Mark, I think it's Mark chapter 2, it might be chapter 4, somewhere in there, God called the disciples to him, Jesus called the disciples to him to be with him and so that he could send them out. First was relationship. He wanted a relationship first. That's what he wants with you. Jesus wants relationship with you first. And then he has something for us to do. He's got a purpose for your life. Amen. Look at this. That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Taking paths. Now I want you to notice something. I love the way this puts it in the Amplified Classic. God predestined it, the path. Remember those good paths that drip abundance, not iguandas we talked about? Yeah. He, he predestined those, but you have to take the path. You can choose not to take the path. It's not autom- predestined does not mean you don't have a choice. You have a choice. So, that we may, ta- we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. You have to take the path that we should walk in them living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. God has a job for you to do. It's going to come out of a relationship with him. That's where it starts. And it's going to be beneficial to other people. We see that there, doing those good works. 
that he predestined for you to do. Amen. And on top of that, you're going to live the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. That doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. The devil's not going to roll over and play dead. Amen. But you're going to win. You'll overcome. You'll, come, you'll land on your feet. You'll come out on top. That's good news. That's good news. Everybody okay? So, relationship with God, impacting other people's lives, and even impacting your life. So, that's why. That's why we want to get into agreement in unity. Because you have a purpose. There's a job for you to do. I mentioned earlier, Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says that the gifts and, excuse me, I've been swallowing air up here. The gifts and callings of God are, with, are irrevocable. He gives gifts. Everybody has a calling of some kind or another. It may be to business. It may be, what, I don't know. What, there's as many callings as there are people. Okay? But they're irrevocable. He hasn't taken it back. Whatever it is, the deal is still on. Some of you know, you, there's people right here right now, I just know this by the Spirit of God, that you think, well, that was then, it's too late now. That's not God talking. The deal is still on. Amen? But there's a job. Uh, the deal is still on. The purpose, the mission, the gifts, the calling, the anointing of God on your life is as fresh and relevant today as it ever has been. Amen? It's not over. It's not too late. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Again, in Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, but they're not automatic. We want to choose to walk in the things God has for us. We have choices. You know, God made us to choose. Adam and Eve had the choice of whether to eat the fruit or not. We all have choices. Today I set before you life and death, therefore choose life that you and your children may live. We have choices. We don't, none of us have to do, but man, how awesome is it to do? Amen. Get on the path that drips with abundance. Get in unity. Or not. I'm smiling. I love you. Everybody okay? So we're about out of time here. We need to land the plane. But before I do, I want to show you the key to unity. How many of you want to know the key to unity? <laughs> Let's go. To, I'm going to look at this in two different versions. Colossians 3.14. Look at Colossians 3.14. There's lots of other scriptures you could go to. But above all these things, put on love. That's the word. New, new, I mentioned earlier the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. The word for love here in the Greek is agape. It's specific to God's kind of love. And God's kind of love is different from human love. Human love is conditional. Human love can depend on your performance, whether you're performing like I want you to or not. But God's kind of love, you know, God is love. He just loves you. 
because he is love. And you know, sometimes we may not understand, we think love's just a feeling. Well, with God, God's kind of love, his love is a commitment and a decision to your well-being. He is so committed to your well-being that he would die for you if necessary. Oh, he did that, yeah. You know, the thing, a lot of times we think, well, yeah, God loves us. But we need to realize that God loves me. God loves you. We need to individualize it. How do we, yeah, who was the disciple that Jesus loved? John. How do we know that? John tells us. The gospel of John, he says it like seven times. And the disciple that Jesus loved, you know. What's John doing? Is he bragging? No, he's practicing. He's applying the word to him. God loves me. He had a revelation. Think of it. This makes a difference. Remember at the Last Supper? They're at the Last Supper. And Peter, you know, Jesus is talking about somebody's going to betray me, right? And now Peter's one of the three. He's one of the closest people to Jesus. And Peter wants to know who it is that's going to betray him. Does Peter ask Jesus? He leans over to John and says, ask him who it is. Because John had just established, man, Jesus loves me. Yeah. Amen. Think about that. Practice it. You know, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. God loves you. He is absolutely committed to you. You know, the parable of the lost sheep. The shepherd had the, the hundred sheep. One went off and he, had the, he left the 99 and went to find the one, right? What that parable means, simply put, is if you were the only person that needed a Savior, Jesus would have did everything just for you. That's how much, that's how committed he is to you. That's how much he loves you. If you were the only one that needed a savior, he'd have left heaven, been born in that manger, grew up, fled to Egypt, did all the stuff that they did, went to the cross, died, took the stripes, all that he, he would have just for you. And he'd have done it willingly, as willing as he did it for all of us. And we need to magnify that on ourselves. Like a, when I was a kid, I was kind of a mean kid, I guess. Some of y'all did this too, though. I'd take a magnifying glass and focus the sun on this ant. Anybody ever do that? And like fry that ant? <laughs> it's bad, right? But we need to do that. You know, we, we need to focus the love of God. God loves me. Take that magnifying glass and apply it to yourself. Amen? So, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I want to define for you what love means. That kind of love, understanding how much God loves me, is the bond of perfection. Now, look at this in the Amplified. This isn't the Amplified Classic. This is the Amplified. Beyond all these things, put on and wrap yourselves in unselfish love. Remember, selfishness, self-centeredness is a dividing force. Okay? We talked about that. That, wrap yourselves in unselfish love, which is the perfect bond of unity. For everything is bound together in agreement. In agreement when each one seeks the best for others. The key to unity is knowing God loves you. Amen? God's kind of love. So, I'm going to ask you not to walk out of here thinking, that was nice. What's for lunch? Sure, get lunch. But uh, uh, apply yourself to the Word and apply the Word to you. This can change your life. Starting now. Starting now. 
There's no need not to have good and pleasant. There's no need not to have the anointing of Jesus showing up in your situation. You know how to do it now. You know the key. There's no need not to have God breathing life into your situation. You don't have to leave, leave here and put up with that anymore. So don't walk out of here. This is too important. And since this is too important, I want to ask you two important questions. TWO. What's God saying to you? Yeah, come on. What's God, God speaking to you? What's he saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? Yes, you know, the disciples that are um, set free, you know, in, in John chapter 8, Jesus was talking to those Jews who believed. And he said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And the next verse says, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And a lot of people want to quote that verse, the truth will make you free. But the word and is a conjunction. It ties that verse to the one that precedes it. Where Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you, who? Who's you? The disciples will know the truth and the truth will make you free. I want to be free. I want to be free from sickness and lack. I want to be free from disquiet on the inside of me, from lack of peace. I want to be dis free from um, guilt. I want to be free from uh, insomnia. I'm free from that. I'm just giving an example. Whatever it is, whatever yoke is on us, whatever burden we're carrying, this, these are discipleship, discipleship questions. Again, English language assassin. These are discipleship questions. What's God saying to you? What are you going to do with that? I encourage you to do what he's saying. Because it will change your life. Radically starting now. Amen. Amen. So what's he saying? What are you going to do about it? You know, one thing you can certainly do is pray. Lord, help me to have unity with my spouse, if you're not married, unity with other people, your church family. Amen. Help me have unity. A good place starts family and church. If there's anybody that should be able to get together in unity, it's family and church. Amen. So Lord, help me to have unity, which is going to mean I can't be self-centered. Everybody okay? And Give me a greater revelation of your love for me. I'm going to tell you, God can get all over a prayer. He'll get on board with a prayer like that. He wants you, because you know, that is his nature. He is love. He wants you to know his love for you. Amen? His love is inexhaustible. I'll tell you something else I heard this mentioned. This would be a good thing as well. This coming Wednesday night, I think it's 7 o'clock, they're starting the Karis Bible College 6.30? Okay, thank you. They're starting to Karis Bible College Relationship University. That's really all about bringing unity to relationships. <laughs> that, how advantageous would that be in light of what we've seen today? Amen? So I just want to encourage you with that. This coming Wednesday at 6.30. So a re resolution worth keeping really too is I'm going to get in unity. 2024, I'm going to get into unity. 
And I'm going to get a revelation. A great, now, I know you have a revelation of God's love for you. I, if you're born again, you've got a revelation. You know, it takes a re, some level of revelation of his love to receive him. But I'm going to tell you, I'm still growing in a revelation of God's love for me. And there's a lot more for me to know. I'm not done. There's a lot more for me to know. And I want to know. Amen. So pray for that continuous revelation of his love for you. If I could, I'd like to ask the altar ministers, the prayer team to come down, please. I want to give people an opportunity to respond if the prayer team would come down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, we mentioned earlier, if two of you can agree on earth as touching anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Well, here are people who are purposing to agree with you. So if you have a need in your life, if you have a pain in your body, if you have a need, I just want to encourage you to come. If you've never been born again, or if you're not sure, if you're not sure that you're born again, if you're not sure that if, God forbid, something happened to me today, and I was, I died today. If you're not absolutely certain your destination would be heaven, you can change that right now. You can take care of that right now. That's not a problem, okay? It's not all it takes is putting your faith in Jesus. These are people who can pray with you to receive Jesus. So I just want to encourage you, if you'd, if you'd come, if, you, if everybody would just stand, let's just all stand, please. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord God. I'm going to wait just a moment here. If you need agreement on any situation in your life, I just want to encourage you to come and be prayed for. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I mentioned earlier, um, well, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier. I thought of it during worship. But um, a scripture I really like for healing. You know, a lot of times we get diagnosis, a diagnosis from the doctor. And it's something along the lines of, um, well, it's going to be a slow recovery. Has anybody ever heard that kind of thing? It's going to be a slow recovery. Isaiah 58.8 says, Your healing will spring forth speedily. And that's a word for somebody, maybe more than one somebody right there, is if, if you've had a report or you know somebody's had a report that it's going to be a slow recovery, th that's contrary to what the Word of God says. I'm going to go with the Word. Because the word says your healing will spring forth speedily. Whose report will you believe? I'm going to believe him. So I'm just declaring that over you. Your healing or that of your loved one or the person you, you know will spring forth speedily. So if there's other people, if you want agreement, we're waiting just a couple of minutes here. I encourage you to come. Come receive agreement. My goodness. We talked about the value of unity, the value of agreement. If you're not born again, man, now's the time. They're not going to embarrass you or make you do something crazy. They're just going to pray and help you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, man, my life changed when I got born again. I was an atheist alcoholic. I, was, I was, had an addiction to alcohol. I had to drink every day. When I got born again, that was gone. It was just gone. I got miraculously delivered from it. And then, so a couple months later, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was like blinders came off. The world was just different. Amen. So I'm going to tell you, just the value of being born again, the value of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today. I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift. Amen. 
I mentioned Romans 11:29. You can write that down, look at it later. You don't have to believe me, but believe the Bible. It says the gifts and call the baptism of the Holy Spirit's a gift. It says the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Some people debate whether it's today. Well, if you don't believe it's for today, you'd have to tear Romans 11:29 out of your Bible. It's for today. It's for us now. That empowerment. So if, if you need that, I encourage you to come. There's still some uh, altar workers that are open here, available. If you want need to come for prayer. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. Amen. Yep, come on, if you need prayer, please come. I just want to encourage you. God is for you. He's not against you. God's not mad at you. Sometimes people, we think God's mad at us. He's not mad at you. He poured all the wrath that he could have had, all the anger he could have had for you. He poured that out on Jesus. It's dealt with. He's not mad at you. He's not even in a bad mood, as Andrew Womack says. He loves you. He's for you. He's absolutely committed to you. Amen. Well, praise God. Did y'all receive anything today? Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Give, give a hand clap for Jesus. Well, while these people are going to continue to be prayed for, if you need prayer, they'll be here for a little bit longer. But I want to go ahead and dismiss you. And I want to wish you a happy new year. Amen. Go out of here as the blessed of God and, and with a commitment to unity and a commitment to a revelation of God's love for you. Amen. Thank you for being here and God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.